Hey, Cam. How's it going today, sir? Uh, it's going all right, Mitch. How are you today? I'm doing all right. What you drinking for coffee this morning? Are you a coffee drinker? Uh, I am a coffee drinker. Yeah? I was actually a barista for a good chunk of the last decade. So I... Yeah, that's uh, pretty cool. Yeah. Well, while not a snob, I am uh, educated. So this morning I'm drinking a oat milk draft latte over ice from La Colombe, um, which is a, I think a fairly relatively well-known um, coffee place in um, the Midwest. So they've got quite a few locations in Chicago and a few locations elsewhere. So what is it? You can... It's a uh, La Colombe, C O L O M B E. Okay. I'm not familiar. So we don't have, they make good here. stuff and you can, or at least around where I live, you can get their, um, they're like ice, ice lattes, um, and cold brew coffee in single serve cans at grocery stores. Oh, so right. I went grocery shopping last night and picked up a couple cans because I also, um, I make my own cold brew at home. And mm-hmm. I didn't make any yesterday and it usually takes, I like to let it sit for about 18 hours before I drink it. Um, and so I hadn't had any, uh, made yet. So I bought a few, uh, single, single cans, but my next cold brew is going to be from Broadsheet coffee roasters in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And it's a Finca Buenos Aires Chalchuapa El Salvador. I don't know what any of that means, but it's supposed to be delicious. So I'm excited mm. about it. <laughs> So you, you like uh um Central American coffee primarily? Um I like I do like Central American coffee, um, but I also like really dark roast stuff, so like French roast or Italian mm-hmm. roast. Um which I realize can be sourced from different places. That's just how it's roasted. Um but mm-hmm. I do not I do not like the nutty coffees like Brazilian or Indonesian. Um, but I also, I've been to Ethiopia twice and I've had their coffee in Ethiopia and it's, I mean, it's an, it's insane how good it is. I mean, it's good here when you get Ethiopian coffee here, but when you get Ethiopian coffee in Ethiopia, that's freshly roasted and made into espresso. Oh my goodness. It was glorious. And see, I'm huge into Indonesian. I, I probably the, the most common one that I drink is Sumatra. Yeah, see, that's not my jam. Yeah, I love the earthy, dark chocolatey flavor of uh, Sumatra. I'm more of a, I like the, I like the burnt chocolate, not the earthy chocolate. So yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, and I'm I'm glad you like it because that means someone's drinking it because not me. <laughs> yeah, I tend to stay away from uh, some of the Central American stuff just because it's very acidic. Yeah, and it's and, like bright and citrusy, and yeah, yeah. I don't like that stuff for cold brew. I like that more as like a nice mm-hmm. hot morning coffee, like, you know, cause the brightness mm-hmm. and the acidity is like, Ooh, hi, wake up. But if I'm making yeah, like a cold morning. brew, yeah, if I'm making a cold brew, I want the dark roasts, the chocolate, the burnt, like all of that sort of stuff. Um, you know, cause it kind of reminds me of like a stout beer, just that, that dark, um, character that I think is, is really, really good either as a French press hot or as a, as a, a cold brew. Yeah, and sometimes my my Sumatras and some of the other coffees that I drink um, almost have like a, a cigar flavor to them, mm-hmm. and I like that a lot. So this morning I'm drinking a blend 
Um, it's actually a little su- uh, Central American coffee, but it's uh, but it's got Sumatra in with it, so it kind of balances out that uh, that acidic flavor with the uh, the more earthy uh, flavors. So it's uh, roasted up in Door County, up in uh, oh, Wisconsin, nice. up here. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you if you've been up to Door County before. No, no, but I've I've heard tales of Door County, and I have I have yet to make it up there. Sure. So we'll have to have you up here sometime and we can go up to the Dells and, and kick around for a while. That'd be fun after yeah. the pandemic's over. Record an episode in person. Hey, we could do that. I, I have plans to get a second mic in my studio in here. So I can bring my good. stuff. We can, you know, we'll yeah, figure that it too. out. But <clears throat> we'll figure yeah, it out. One of the, yeah. Going to the Dells would be cool. Bring my camera, take some photos, have a nice, mm-hmm. have a nice day enjoying the nature. Yes. Well, there's nature there and there's other like touristy stuff we can do too. So, all right. Well, um, a little follow-up from, uh, the last few episodes that we've done. Uh, did you have any like new things that you want to talk about with iOS 14? Um, not really with iOS 14. Um, I do have a tvOS 14 thing, but do you want me oh. to do that now? Yeah, yeah, go ahead, man. Let me hijack the show order real quick. So I can't remember this if... Is, this is your show too, man. So go ahead. <laughs> I can't remember if I mentioned this on the last episode or not, because um, we recorded early, so it was like three weeks ago. Um, but I tried previously to download tvOS um, 14 on my Apple TV because I have some um, Logitech cameras that I wanted to be able to see on my television just for fun, but you can't do that unless you have TV, tvOS 14. And so trying to, you know, download the beta on Apple TV just wasn't working. No matter what I did, it just wasn't working. So I left it for like, I don't know, a couple weeks. And then probably like a week ago, five days ago, I went and tried it again. And lo and behold, the option was there. So I installed the beta. And um, now when you like long press the um, the home button, where you usually go to like change the user or set the airplay output for audio. Um, there's now the home icon and you have, now I have the option to view. I've got one camera looking out the back and one camera looking at the front of my house. And so now I have the option to see the cameras, which is nice. Like if I'm working and I order um, some delivery for lunch, cause I just don't have time to make it or to go get it because I'm swamped with meetings or whatever, I can just pop the camera on and then or on the TV. And then when the delivery guy leaves the food on my front door, I can just run and go get it. And it's, I don't have to worry about like, I can have my headphones on if I'm in a phone call or whatever. I don't have to worry about hearing the door. I can just see, which is really convenient. Um, plus my daughter thinks it's really cool that she can, you know, watch the backyard or watch the front yard and, you know, see when, you know, cars drive by or people ride their bikes. Um, so it was totally not a necessary upgrade on the beta on the TV, but it is, uh, it is pretty cool to have that functionality built in. And in theory, you can have the, the, uh, home kit video in picture in picture over your other stuff. I have yet to be able to get that to work. Um, but again, it's a beta. So in theory that will be there, um, in the fall, but the one problem I've run into is I have two Sonos um, speakers that I use when I watch TV, like when I watch movies or sports to get, you know, better stereo quality um, audio. 
but when ever since I've um, upgraded the TVOS uh, to 14 beta or the beta for 14, I constantly have to restart the Apple TV because the audio is out of sync with the video. And then every time I restart it, it's fine. Um, so I'm hoping that that's just a beta issue. And that once TVOS 14 is, you know, finalized for the golden master, that that won't be something that I have to do every single time I want to watch a movie or watch a soccer game. So small issue, not a big deal. It takes like 30 seconds, but you know, Apple's whole thing is it just works right. And right now it just doesn't work every time. Um, but it's worth the 30 seconds to get the, the stereo Sonos sound quality, which is great. So Anyways, overall, I think TVOS 14 is a nice update. Um, it's not crazy, uh, but with the addition of the HomeKit stuff, um, I wish you you could control your lights from the TV too, but right now it's just cameras, which makes sense as the first iteration because it's a TV. You can throw the camera feed on the TV. That makes sense, but it would be really cool if I could adjust the lights as well. But, you know, at that point, I'm nitpicking. All right. So a little bit of follow-up with the iOS 14 for me. Um, I don't have a lot of bad things to say about it. The uh, I haven't dealt with any of the springboard issues that some people have uh, complained about and and uh, stuff like that. The one thing I really do, don't like, <clears throat> and I hope they change this before they release it, I'll be okay with the change in the music, the music app icon, that, uh, that pinkish... Uh, color that they're using maybe i think it's coral is all right i'll live with it but they put that color in the background of the widget and (laughs) it's disgusting i would have loved to you know stick with the black or the white or something like that the the problem is is that i've got a uh i've got an album on here album artwork that is sitting on the widget right now uh, because it's uh, an album that I listened to recently that clashes really bad with that pink. And, you know, why pick a color that is going to, is not going to agree with some album covers that that doesn't make sense to me. Like, that's why I feel like a black or white or even a gray or something like that would make a lot more sense in that widget but they had to go with this coral color and there is a slight gradient to it. Mm -hmm. Um, But, but man, that's terrible. I don't know if you use that widget, but it's, uh, it's opinionated for sure. I, I often, I keep uh, the music icon on my home screen and it's been white forever, at least as far Mm -hmm. as I can remember. And the differences have always been in the color of the music note. Right. And, there's times where I'm like, where the heck is my music app? I can't find it. And I'm like swiping over to the app library. Like I forget it's on my home screen because it's so different. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah, it's this, um, it's this real subtle icon right here. I don't mind the icon at all, really. It's just obviously it's Mm -hmm. much different. And so I just have to retrain my brain that no, yeah, that, that pink gradient, that's the music app. So if I would have done the redesign to that app, um, I would have probably just flip flopped the, the, uh, gradient colors that were in the in the note or in the what was it like eighth notes that were on there or 16th notes i would have changed that to to be the background and then go to the white if they were gonna oh yeah it's like the purple to the purple to pink gradient 
Yeah, I I think that would have been nice. I don't think people probably would have uh, reacted to it quite so much as they're reacting to this. That does pose some challenges to the the widget, which I think, you know, is probably why they went this route. But I don't know. The only other problem I have with this widget, too, is that you can tap on different parts of this widget to get to certain albums or stuff that you've uh, that you've recently listened to. I would love it if they would make the up in the corner is the little note um, that uh, that signifies the app. If you could tap on that and just go into the app and not be sent to a playlist or something like that, I would have totally appreciated that. Just something to open up the app um, because that would have negated the issue of ever having to have the icon on the screen. Yeah, but that goes against their whole new widget design, which is that they're not actionable, right? All, Other than, all it's creating is a new touch target on the on the widget because they already have you know basically five different tough touch targets on the widget. Right, um, because I, you I, can, I get what you're saying, but yeah. I don't think so. Just split the top of that so that the on the left hand side is your most recently played playlist or album. On the right hand side, you touch it to just open the app. I don't know. Anyway, it's a nitpick, but um, I think you you uh, before we went on or before we started recording today, you mentioned that in the app library, the folders are moving around. Yeah, and I don't know what that's about. I, yeah, I hadn't noticed that. But now that you mentioned it, yes, I do notice that now. <laughs> so, yeah, the biggest issue for me was um my, uh, well, now they seem to be back where they were. So my productivity and social folders got swapped left and right. And then my utilities and references and reading, I think got swapped. And I was like clicking into the wrong folders cause they'd been in the same spot. I'd finally like gained muscle memory for, okay, this is where this group is. This is where that group is. And then like, I don't know if it was after I updated the beta or if like they're trying to intelligently move the ones I use more to the top, but like social moved all the way to the top. And I'm like, no, I don't use that one very often. In fact, I use productivity, utilities and references and reading more than I use anything else. So those three should be at the top. Um, so I, I, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes that's dictating what order those folders are in. Um, but again, I've said this before and I'll say it again. I would love the ability to customize that order and I realize that's probably going to come in a future version. Um, but for now, I don't know what the mechanism is for deciding which folder goes where. And that's a bit um, frustrating as a user to have things move on you and not understand the reasons why. Yeah. So obviously the top two folders are suggestions and recently added. What do you have for the next two down? Uh, after those two, I have productivity on the left and social on the right. And I have reference and reading on the left and productivity on the right. It must be by use. Yeah, I'm thinking that it's like a series suggestions kind of thing where it's like, well, we think you're going to want these first. So they're moving those to the top. Yeah. And so I guess my social one, the reason it's that high is because of messages and Instagram. Because like everything else in that folder, I barely open. But those two, I open quite a bit. Yeah, that might be why. Are you on the latest beta? Uh, beta four, I think. Uh, I am not. I, I just, they got the alert yesterday to update. And 
I haven't updated to it yet, but I think that's on the docket for this weekend. Yeah, I updated this morning, so mm, maybe maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. So we shall see. I'll report back. All right, sounds good. I'll keep that in follow up going forward. So I'll introduce this next topic. <laughs> um, a valued listener of ours gave us some feedback on the show. And among other things, um, one thing that was mentioned was I sound like I'm being kind of mean, like I'm being a little bullish with you. So I text you right away after I got this piece of follow up and you was like, well, no, you weren't being mean. You know, you're fine. I've spent a lot of time thinking about this because I don't want to sound like I'm being mean to you. I think maybe in my language a little bit, sometimes I'm a little curt, but uh, but not, you know, not being difficult or abrasive also i think you and i you know we're still learning to uh, kind of work with each other and, and uh, kind of work off of each other um, but our voices are very different as well so i think that sometimes can play a key into that i mean what do you think i don't think you're being mean at all like i i i've, I've listened back to every episode um and you know i appreciate the feedback for sure um mm-hmm. but even like i i don't think i could pinpoint what the listener was referring to without specific mm-hmm. examples. Um, and I'm like, if, if the listener thinks that then perhaps that's something that, you know, we should figure out as we go forward. But like you said, we're still trying to, you know, work out the, uh, the flow of, you know, of how we talk and you know, how we work off of each other and, and what's, what's going to land and what's going to, you know, belly flop and that sort of stuff. Um, but I appreciate good sarcasm, uh, sure. you know, probably more than most people. Um, and I've, I've never felt offended. And like I told you, like if I thought you were being a jerk, I'd call you on it, but yeah. I've, yet to feel that way so there's there's no there's no issue on my end but i do appreciate the feedback from um our valued listeners uh because we want to make this an enjoyable listening experience for you as well so if you're feeling Mm -hmm. that way then that's something that mitch and i need to work on so that it's not a distraction to the rest of the show so it's it's, it's, yeah go ahead and i really like you cam you're so (laughs) bad thanks buddy i like i have fun doing this podcast yeah me too it's a good time Yep, I'll give you a virtual hug. Oh, well, that's really all the hugs we can give right now. <laughs> yep. All right. So, so I'm I'm not mean. No, but I th- but I think it is good feedback because if that's yeah. something that listeners are are hearing, then it's something that we need to work on, right? Not necessarily sure, sure. as like a stop being sarcastic, but it's just it's proof that our give and take on the show still has room to grow. Which rhymes, so we know it can't be wrong. Right. (laughs) So I did get one other piece of feedback. Um, I'm just going to call her out. It was my wife that was giving me the feedback. She said that there's another uh, podcaster that she listens to that she thinks uh, you sound a lot like. Oh, oh gosh. Oh, I'm terrified. Okay. (laughs) And you and I have talked about this person before. Oh, no. Okay. And, and I rem- remember you saying that you, you, well, I don't want to put words don't in your mouth, say this. don't say this, but you weren't like a super excited about uh, this individual oh, and, God. and you, you didn't give me any reasons why, but you just, you know, it didn't. Yeah. So do you have any guesses? Does she think I sound like Marco? 
No. Oh, okay. Good. Dan Benjamin. Yes. Really. Mm-hmm. She's like uh, the way you the way your voice sounds and your delivery is a little Danish. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Because I was like, I definitely don't agree with the Marco assessment. Oh no, um, not at all. Yeah. Dan Benjamin. That's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. She's going to be laughing right now because she so wanted to hear your reaction to that. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to actually have to go. I, I want to, I want details now. Why do I sound like Dan Benjamin? I mean, heck, if I could be half as successful as him, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> so, but yeah, and you know, we should, she's not here right now. She's at work, but uh, if I, if I could, I'd bring her in so she could explain herself. See, that's so. really interesting though, because I don't necessarily like my voice. Like I'm not, I'm not mad about it, but like, mm-hmm. I think you have a much better radio podcast voice than I do. And, and then the, the other show that I do, um, or one of the other shows that I do, my partner has what I think to be a much better radio and podcast voice than I do, but mm-hmm. I tend to like Dan's voice. Yeah. He, he, he's, I don't know. I have whatever. I'm not going to. Can I, I can I make you feel better about that? Yeah. We, I worked in radio for years. I don't know if I've mentioned that on the podcast before, Mm -hmm. but, um, I worked, I actually worked radio in a radio station for about eight years, uh, between two different radio stations. And when I was going to school before that, there was a lot of talk about how the signature voice was less in demand now than, than, than like unique voices. Yeah. Uh, so, so a lot of times now when you listen to uh, a lot of radio shows and stuff like that, you run into, first off, you run into a lot more female voices now because that's a thing in the industry, mm-hmm. but you're also running into a lot of male voices that are very unique versus the typical, you know, low bassy voice, you know? Yeah. So you're, so you're getting a, a better mix and more diversity in voices now than you would have you know, say back in the 1950s or something like that. So definitely radio stations are not necessarily looking for the big booming announcer voice anymore. So it's a, well, that's good. It's a good thing. Yeah. So, and I'm not in radio anymore, just in case anybody had that question, because it doesn't pay for anything. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah, working. Unless you're Ryan Seacrest or Ira Glass, right? You, you have to be huge in the industry to be making any kind of bank. When I left the the radio station that I was at or was asked to leave the radio station that I was at, um, that's a long story that we can tell another time. When when that happened, I went and got a job in retail, of all things, for about the same amount of money that I was making at the radio station after I'd been working there for years and had actually gotten raises along the way. And I can tell you right now, I'm making probably 50% more than I was making at the radio station. You know, if you're if you're talking about anybody who's in radio and I mean, I made more than this, but I want to use an example. There's a radio station when I was uh, living in my hometown. I was looking at finding a, a full time radio gig and there was a radio station not far from us that uh, was offering eighteen thousand dollars a year for a full time radio gig. Yikes. And I was like, how how do you not how do you not have to have like a second and third job? But you're still working 40 hours a week at the radio station for what feels like uh, uh, a nickel a day. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't you can't pay your bills on that. So and to be clear, I was making more than that. So if you start doing the math, no, I'm 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 fine. 
I'm good. Well, but, I am yeah. uh, interesting, interesting voice comparison, Mitch. And mm. I, I do say I mentioned Hourglass and, and maybe we can we can end this segment with this as I, I honestly, I think. Ira Glass might have been the tipping point for non-traditional radio voices becoming popular because mm-hmm. honestly, his voice is a bit grating, right? He's got that kind of nasally high pitched New Yorker sort of deal, but he's incredibly successful for obvious reasons. Like the dude knows how to tell stories and he's incredibly gifted. Um, and so I think I was like, man, if a guy with that voice can make it, you know, as successfully as he had, like, you know, one good for him and two, like, that's, I mean, I don't, I don't really know the history of radio voices and that sort of stuff as much as maybe you do, but he, he seems to me to be like a, a tipping point in that of like, wow, you know, talented people are talented people. And even if they don't have that traditional, you know, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday sort of, you know, voice, if they can, and do that, was job totally, well. that was totally, that was totally me at the radio station too. <laughs> I, I was the over inflection guy. Cool. Well, that's interesting feedback, and I'm glad that uh, you didn't tell me that before the show. <laughs> yeah, because that was fun. We did have some new Macs come out this last week. So, uh, 27-inch Mac, uh, basically uh, moving to a 10th generation uh, Intel chips, so not silicon yet, not Apple silicon, um, but uh, but definitely getting that line upgraded. All SSD storage with the exception of uh, the 21-inch machines. So not a lot of updates on the 21-inch machines. Um, The 27-inch definitely got the big upgrades. So um, do you want to kind of cover a few of the changes to the new line? Uh, Yeah, so they've got that nano texture glass now, which they first um, put on the Pro Display XDR. Yep. which I think is interesting. It's a $500 addition to go from standard glass to that nano texture, which is like a matte look and it's much less reflective. And then of course there's upgrades to the, uh, you know, the 10th gen um, you can do an I set or an I five at the low end or an I nine. If you upgrade on the high end, and then this is the, the crazy part. Like the memory, you can now go up to 128 gigs of memory which is bonkers. And then yep. they've updated the graphics too. You can get Radeon Pro 5700 XT with 16 gigabytes of GDDR6 memory. Yes, I'm looking at the stat sheet right now. <laughs> um, and that's just a cool extra 500 for that. It's an extra 2600 to go from 8 gigs of memory to 128. And then you can get an 8 terabyte SSD in this thing, which costs you mm-hmm. another $2,400. Yep. Of course, the 10 gigabit Ethernet if you want it. Um, so I'm looking right now, if you, if you choose the, there's three versions, three base models. If you choose the most expensive one, which is the 3.6 gigahertz, 10 core, 10th gen I nine, and then you max everything out. Do you have any guess how much this costs? I'm going to think it's, uh, it's quite a bit more than a Mac or an iMac pro, not more than a Mac pro, but I'll, I'll say about seven grand. $8,799 $8,799 or, wasn't too far or a simple payment of $733 and 25 cents a month. Oh, pocket change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of, that's a lot of moolah. Now the base model for, um, that high end Mac 
costs, I think like twenty seven ninety or twenty two ninety nine. So that's an extra six and a half grand in upgrades. Oh, I thought it was seven seventeen ninety nine for the twenty seven inch. That's for the low end. I'm saying if you get the, of the yeah. three of the three base options, it's seventeen ninety nine, nineteen ninety nine, and twenty two ninety nine. So okay. the one I just maxed out was the third option. I just wanted to see what the most expensive twenty seven inch iMac could be, and it's eighty seven ninety nine, which is just ludicrous. I am uh, I am been considering an iMac and kind of bouncing back between between the the like a 27 inch iMac and possibly looking at the iMac pro. And right now it hasn't made sense to go iMac pro, but I'm interested to see if you could spec for spec, uh, get the, what, what the, the iMac would be versus the iMac pro spec for spec price wise. So if you matched everything up, what, what would you, would it come out exactly the same or I don't, I don't know if you can go spec for spec. I'm trying or it right at least now. close. Yeah. <laughs> this brings can, up a... So the iMac Pro starts at 10 cores, whereas the mm-hmm. iMac 27-inch maxes out at 10 cores. You can go up mm-hmm. to 18 cores in the iMac Pro, and you mm-hmm. can get 256. So if we just do 128 and leave the iMac at 10 cores, but it's a different chip. It's an Intel Xeon W processor, so it's not the same All chip. Right. But we can leave it at you know 10 cores um 16 gigs of memory it's a different graphics card but we'll at least try and match the memory um you can only get four terabytes so we'll leave that so it's half the storage uh that's 8549 but that's not the maxed out i am imac pro obviously but if you're trying to get as close to spec for spec as possible considering they're different processors and different graphics cards so you're getting actually probably getting a little bit better value with the imac right now yeah, and and like I said, it's certainly not the maxed out version. The maxed out version is <clears throat> holy Moses, um, too much. <laughs> yikes! <laughs> it uh, is. I think you can buy an entry level Mac Pro for what you'd put into an iMac Pro maxed out. Yeah, iMac Pro maxed out is thirteen thousand four hundred ninety nine dollars. Yep, yep. You could get the Mac Pro, the monitor for the Mac Pro, and the stand. <laughs> For about what you'd max out an iMac Pro for. That's crazy. I don't know if you get as much machine, but but yeah. Anyway, that's my biggest reason for bringing that up is that this has caused an internal conflict for me because, you know, we talked a few episodes back about like, would we go for the Apple Silicon or an Intel Mac right now? And I'm really kind of split on this right now because I feel like there wasn't a lot of uh, a lot put into the 21 inch IMAX, which makes me wonder if we aren't going to see uh, an Apple Silicon uh, IMAX on the low end uh, before the end of the year, or at least maybe the first part of next year. And with the new design, with obviously the Apple Silicon, as I said, maybe around a 24 inch is what they're uh, what they're rumoring right now. I'm really torn as to whether or not to stay on in or stay on Intel for the next machine and let them kind of work out some of the bugs that you might have on Apple Silicon or just kind of hold off and wait for that Apple Silicon machine and pull the trigger. I don't need the computer right now uh, badly uh, so I can wait 
but it is something that I do want to get get into the studio here and and use as my main machine in the studio. So uh, the problem that that arises, I really want to get like seven to ten years out of that out of that machine. Now I know mm. you're probably probably five years is is the normal limit on these machines, but I. I want to stick with this machine as long as I can. It's not going to be moving around like my laptop is and, and stuff like that. So as long as the specs on the machine, and I'll probably spec it up a little bit better so it does last longer. But uh, but as long as that machine's chugging along and doing okay, if I get 10 years out of it, I'm going to be super happy with that. So do I wait 10 years for Apple Silicon is kind of kind of my, my thought or... Do do I am I just happy with Intel and I suppose FOMO kind of lean, leans into that a little bit too. Well, but how old is your current machine? Uh the well, currently I don't have a desktop in here, and that's that's what I'm looking at adding. Um, my laptop here, I think, is a uh, 2016 uh, machine, and I probably bought it in 2016 or 2017. So you could, so you it's could just a few years old. two more years, you could, but you could easily get two more years out of that and then make your decision on the iMac. Yeah, I could. You're not, you're not then, locked. I know, I know you want one, but you're not locked into making a decision in the next six months, right? It's not like you're rocking a 2011 MacBook, right. you know, plastic, plastic white MacBook. <laughs> right. Cause then if you, if you give yourself that two year buffer, then you can certainly buy an Intel in those two years, or you can see. If if the if the Apple Silicon is a dumpster fire, or if it really does seem stable, right, and then you'll have options. Well, part of my thought process here on the Apple Silicon has been has been that the uh, <clears throat> that they've got a lot of experience building these machines already, not not in you know a laptop or a desktop configuration, but their iPads, their iPhones, they're they're all on very similar silicone. It's yeah. just a matter of whether or not the like the the new machines that they're going to come out with here are going to be any good. And you do sometimes suffer from the, uh, the, what is it? The early adopter syndrome where you get that new machine and then you're like, shoot, you know, this is cool, but it's got this issue. It's got that issue. You and I both had the first, uh, Apple watch and that thing, you know, once you upgrade to a new Apple watch, I've got the series four right now on my wrist it's like you can actually use this thing, the, the old one. <laughs> like, I mean, you could tell the time on it, and a few of the complications worked all right. But you know, as far as being able to do anything with it, you tapped on an you tapped on a, an app, and it would just spin. You know, or in your case, uh, you know, the screen yeah. flew off. Yeah, mine so. was great until the battery <laughs> until the battery got uh, you know claustrophobic and decided to break free. So. Um, Anything else that we wanted to say about that? I'd, I'm done with my spiel. No, I mean, I think it's one of the, one of the things that I read and that you reminded me of um, pre-recording is that they kept the prices the same. And they, they doubled the amount of storage mm-hmm. and the amount of um, memory that was uh, available in these machines, plus upgraded the processors and the graphics cards. So, I, you know, Apple is notorious for um, cranking up the price whenever they can. And I think it was mm-hmm. uh, a really smart move on their part to, I mean, give this thing a pretty significant spec bump and keep the prices, uh, at least the, you know, the entry level prices, the exact same. 
which um, I think is nice. They're still very expensive. Like, let's not joke. $1,800 for the entry-level iMac is still not cheap. Like, that is a significant um, investment for a lot of people. And for a lot of people, it's not even something that they can do because of how expensive it is. Um, so the fact that they kept the prices the same is just um, nice. And that's a 27-inch, too. So, um the, they do have a 21 inch if somebody's in the market for it. But no, that, that 27 inch 5K display, Mitch, is I used one for about a year and a half when I was doing web design and it is glorious. I'm going to, the hardest, one of the harder decisions is going to be whether, whether or not to go with that uh, nano texture. Because man, that, I've heard really good things about that nano texture, but at the same time, it's, fiddly as far as maintenance as far as cleaning and stuff like that too so you have a special cloth for it oh gosh yeah i wouldn't want to make that decision without actually seeing one in person and and knowing more information about that sort of stuff cleaning it and all right so moving on um i kind of wanted to touch on a couple of things uh that or at least something that i'm struggling with and i thought i'd give a give an option for you to kind of talk about something that that you're struggling with right now too um who wants to go first? Why don't you go first? You want me to go first? All right, I'll go first. I'll, I'll I thought I would you, I'd make sure that I, that I wasn't being mean about it. So, <laughs> Not at oh, all. Sorry, Lead the way. My wife. All right. <laughs> so, um, so something that I've been really struggling with lately is, uh, and I'll take you back in time with me a little bit. I, I grew up in a pretty conservative uh, Bible church. And so I didn't really own my faith probably. And I think you kind of understand what I mean by that, you know, just, you know, digging in and learning Mm -hmm. for myself until I probably got out of high school. And when I got out of high school, I met up with a guy, um, got to be good friends with him. We're still friends. Uh, It's been about 25 years and, uh, man, 25 years since I graduated high school. That makes me sick. Um, (laughs) but, uh, him and I have been good friends for a long time and he went to a Pentecostal church and I want to preface this by saying, if you go to a Pentecostal church and I'm, I know that you don't, uh, but if one of the listeners, uh, grew up Pentecostal or charismatic, I have some very strong feelings about all of this, uh, that at some point in the future, maybe we can talk about, but, uh, but just for the, just for the story, I kind of want to be clear about where I'm coming from before I tell you what I'm struggling with. That, you know, in the in the Pentecostal church, uh, there there is uh, the idea of being able to lose your salvation, which uh, I've come around on now, and I, I do believe in eternal security. But as I've grown over the years, and and when we moved to the town that we're in now, I got I got to a church that uh, was a more like what I grew up with. Uh, it was a, a Bible church, um, non-denominational. And the pastor kind of took me under his wing and was kind of getting me out of some of the things that I was really confused about when it came to the Pentecostal or charismatic stuff. Uh, we went to an Assemblies of God churches primarily uh, at the time. And um, just just the the idea that if you do the wrong thing or you say the wrong thing or you you do something, God could take your salvation away from you. 
I struggled with that a lot. I was very confused about that. And and it took uh, this particular pastor sitting down with me and going over all the passages in the Bible that really talked about or that they use at least to talk about um, losing your salvation and explaining those passages passages to me to help me to understand what those passages actually mean. And in pretty much 100% of cases, it's not talking about um, the justification or the salvation uh, that is go to heaven when you die, you know, you're, you're in with God. It's, it's a totally different thing. And like I said, we can talk about that some other time, but this, it's not my point to discuss that now. So, you know, in, in the last couple of years, I've really um, struggled with the idea of like how I use my time. And it comes down to where your liberty in Christ, where, where we're free to do what we want to do. You know, Paul says, that uh, that all things are lawful for me, but not all things are profitable. So finding that line where you you say, I can do this, but it's not profitable for me to do this other thing, you know, and I don't have to feel guilty about, uh, you know, how, what I do, just making sure that I'm I'm using my time effectively and doing things that are honoring God. Um, but there's this tension uh, constantly with me between this liberty in Christ that we have and trying to use my time effectively and not do a lot, do a lot of things that are wasteful of my time. And a little bit of background about me and Cam and how we met is that we're both, uh, uh, I'm going to stop short of saying big fans of the WWE <laughs> and watching wrestling, but we both brother, 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 um, but we both really enjoy, uh, you know, watching pro wrestling. I know it's stupid, but we do. We, we enjoy. It. <laughs> uh, you know, don't make people me laugh. Always... Coffee in my mouth. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Did you spray it all over your computer? No, that's why I laughed out okay. of my nose and sounded like an evil cartoon villain because I was trying to keep the coffee <laughs> in my mouth. <laughs> Sorry, that was way too much right. detail. Carry on, pro wrestling. Oh yeah. Right. Oh yeah, brother. Um, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I think I mixed two different wrestlers there. Oh but, but you know, I've struggled over the years about like how much time because if you really get deep into wrestling, you can spend every waking moment watching wrestling. You know, there there's just on the WWE every week. There's five seven hours of wrestling that's Eight. new for well, the week. So you got three for Raw. Two for NXT, that's five. Two for SmackDown, that's seven. One for 205 Live, that's eight. And then if you want to watch main event, that's another hour, that's nine. Okay, nobody watches main event. I'm just saying. I you know, I don't even consider that. Um, 205 Live, I don't really watch, so I kind of forgot that existed. Uh, they do have the NXT UK that you could watch, which well, not right I'm now. not it's sure. Been, Is that like an hour? Yeah, it's an hour, but they haven't done any live shows during... Um, the uh, oh, pandemic because okay. England won't let them because England is smart. Okay. <laughs> at least, at least in that regard, we, that's a whole, but they're an essential business <laughs> only, only because WWE paid Florida $18 million in political money to get that. So, you know, that's, yeah, you know, yeah. American politics isn't corrupt at all. Yeah, not at all. But you know, you can watch a lot of wrestling throughout the week. And so for me, 
like I struggled with that because I only have so many hours in a week that I that I have to be able to do what I want to do because I'm working 40 hours a week. You know, by the time I get done with work, I'm pretty much done for the day. So, you know, whatever I do in the morning, which I usually go into work like 1030, 1130, 1230, you know, somewhere in there um, in the morning. So I have most days I have a little bit of time in the morning to to get stuff done. So sitting down and watching wrestling during that time is kind of just blowing the time. You know, I'm not accomplishing anything by doing that. Um, now, on the flip side of it, I can sit down and watch wrestling and do other things. You know, that I can multitask that way, but um, but not always effectively. So it's really come down to like, how do I... And I, I've really struggled with whether or not to just stop watching wrestling altogether, but I've tried that before and I just, you know, I enjoy it. It's something where I can turn my brain off and just sit back and enjoy it. And I think that that to a certain degree that's needed. So where do you draw the line? How do you figure out, you know, where does my liberty in Christ end and my responsibility to using my time effectively begin? Does that make sense? Mm hmm. So do you have any thoughts on that or, you know, how do you handle that? So I think for me, the deciding factor in that is, am I, am I doing things, you know, like watching wrestling or like reading books, like not necessarily bad things, right. Or like doing yard work or like playing, you know, music as a way to ignore Things like studying the Bible, praying, you know, uh, working on my relationship with God, engaging in, you know, uh, friendships and being a part of my local church. Like, am I am I using those things to escape and or uh, replace the things that I know I should be doing to ensure that, you know, I am I am trying to be closer with God. I'm trying to. Um, expose myself to the word and to Christian community and to, you know, the inherent, um, you know, the phrase iron sharpens iron, right? That, that, that friction of, of human relationship and spiritual relationship with God that is going to refine me and call out my, my weaknesses and, and, and try and strengthen my character and my integrity. Right. And so for me, a lot of that stuff, those distractions do become, issues in that inherently by themselves, they're fine. Right. But when they replace or try to replace the things that I know that I should be doing that I, that, you know, in theory I want to be doing, but require effort, right? Like watching wrestling doesn't require much effort, but praying does, at least for me, studying the Bible requires effort. And like you said, at the end of the day, after work or, you know, what have you, it's a lot easier just to say, Oh, I'm going to watch this soccer game. Or, oh, I'm going to watch an episode of Whose Line Is It Anyway? Because that's just, you know, it's fun, it's entertaining, I don't have to think, right? Um, and so that's kind of how I differentiate or how I decide, like, okay, am I using my time wisely? Or is this really just me trying to escape and get away from, you know, what I know I should be doing? And a lot of that requires you to, you know, have some honest conversations with yourself and be willing to say, you know what? Yeah, like, I just sat and watched three hours of Monday Night Raw and I totally avoided any sort of, you know, self-reflection, any sort of spiritual um, growth. Like I haven't, you know, prayed in three days because I'm, you know, feeling X, Y, and Z. 
and just having that sort of, uh, you know, internal review and then being honest with yourself about it. So I think that's kind of how I would approach it is like, am I using this as a replacement for what I know I should be doing or am I in a good spot? And now, you know, it's okay that I watch wrestling. Cause like you said, there's nothing wrong per se with entertainment, but if entertainment becomes the sole source of my, you know, uh, value or whatever, then, then you know that you're out of balance. I'm tempted to pivot this conversation just real quick before we, uh, we turn it over to you because wrestling came up. There's another thing that, you know, I don't know that it bothers me so much. I know it bothers my wife sometimes is the scantily clad ladies on, uh, wrestling. How do you kind of reconcile that? Uh, honestly, I really don't watch, um, the women's matches. Um, unless it's a match between two of the women that I know are going to deliver a really, really, really good match. Otherwise I just, I just skip them because I don't, you know, I don't need more half naked women in my life. Now, to be fair, compared to what it was like in the nineties, it's night and day. You know, there's no brawn panties matches. There's no mud wrestling. There's no bikini contests. Like, you know, there's no people having their bras ripped off and obviously not showing anything on TV, but the, you know, the context is, Ooh, we're going to see, you know, um, and there are quite a few ladies now that wrestle that are in comparison, incredibly modest in what they choose to wear. Like I think of Bailey, you don't see, she wears pants. There's no cleavage. Like she's, but then there's other, you know, wrestlers that, you know, flaunt, um, you know, their, uh, sexuality, if you will. And so I just, most of the time we'll just skip the matches altogether. Um, unless I know like if Sasha and Bailey are going to wrestle again, I'm going to watch that because it's going to be an incredible match. Um, so that's kind of how I handle it. It's just skip over it, which, you know, saves me time because now there'll be like, there'll be like four, four women's matches on a, on a raw or a SmackDown. So I was like, Oh man, this three hour show all of a sudden becomes two. So, and it's not like a disrespect to the ladies. Like they're, they're obviously wrestling for a reason. They're very talented, but I just, I don't need that in my life. Yeah. And I, I would agree with that. I do tend to skip through the matches partially because too oftentimes they're just not that good. No disrespect because there's a lot of men's matches that just aren't that good either. You know, <laughs> it's a, it's not, it's not a, a, a female versus male thing, but I also find some of the women on their grading, you know, that, and I know that that's kind of their point, but it seems like it's easier to handle a really good heel male versus a heel female. I don't know. know what I I mean, I skip everything that Cameron Grimes does in NXT because he makes me want to punch the wall. Oh yeah, I could, I can agree with that. He's so annoying (laughs) and he's ruining my name and I'm not happy about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you were Cam. He's Cameron. We'll uh, yeah. we'll make that distinction. Cameron is my real name, so <laughs> I figured. Uh, but yeah, he's awful. <clears throat> he makes my skin crawl. But anyway, so you want to go ahead and uh, what are you struggling with? Well, 
if we're being honest, Mitch. Um, I hope we're a bit being of lonely, a bit of loneliness, my friend. It's uh, you know, being being a single dad is hard enough in normal times, um, but having that occur right before you know quarantine and lockdown and all that stuff is uh, has been pretty difficult. And I know I'm not the only single parent out there, obviously, um, that's had to deal with being a single parent during the pandemic in, in all of the, you know, the various ways that that has impacted our lives. But for me, the singleness occurred right before the pandemic. So the double whammy of, you know, becoming a single dad and then being cut off from, you know, friends and family in my, my church community kind of all at once was, uh, it was really hard. Um, and now, you know, as things have slowly opened up a little bit, you know, we've been able to have church now, I think for three or four weeks with a limited number of people, um, that has helped. And, you know, and I, I've been able to have phone conversations, but the lack of um, like just being able to go over someone's house and hang out for like four months was really tough. Uh, You know, not having that companion that I had for 10 and a half years um, was really hard. And I tend to isolate anyways when um, I'm struggling, which is not good. Uh, in and of itself, right? It's just not something that, you know, someone should do, but that's kind of my, uh, what's the, what's the word? Um, my flaw, I guess, in that sense. Um, so it's just been, it's been a rough, you know, nine months in that regard. Um, I do have friends. I do have people that care about me. I do talk to them, but it's different having phone conversations than it is, you know, hanging out, being able to hug someone, you know, being able to pray with someone, you know, in person up close. Um, so it's, it's been a learning curve, right? You know, one learning how to be a single dad, um, is wow. Like I had no idea. I was so naive. Um, and then learning how to do it during the pandemic and then, you know, being essentially alone. Um, so it's, yeah, it's just been, it's been rough. And that's really kind of the thing that I have been struggling with the most is, is how to, how to learn, how to, how to move forward, how to, um, learn how to not add to that by isolating myself more um so it's been uh it has been interesting to say the least i can copy definitely the isolation uh, aspect of that so i think when i when i struggle with any kind of depression or anything like that the isolation is just kind of a component of that anyway Mm -hmm. so that's definitely a, a way that i don't know if most men deal with that but uh but i can tell you years ago i had a uh pastor friend of mine make the comment that the devil draws you inward. Um, God draws you out. 
Mm. And I, I've used that for so many years to deal with depression. And, you know, once I, once I come to the, 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 the realization that I'm isolating myself, it's like, okay, no, the way to get out of this is to find people and to talk to people and to get out of my head and, and, uh, and talk to others. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's such a powerful way to kind of overcome those, those issues. You know, if you need to like go over to your pastor's house and uh, move a bookcase, <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> um, you know, just helping people out, you know, I've gotten the call before to go do some raking, you know, yard raking for, for some friends or something like that. You just get out of what you're doing. Um, cause it, once you break that, you know, I'm, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about medicating depression. I don't. Um, but my opinions are not, I mean, they're just my opinions, but I find that it's so easy in practice to say, okay, you know, when I'm, when I'm really struggling and when I just want to go and just bury my face in a pillow and ignore the rest of the world for, for, you know, until the first, any of the foreseeable future, just dive into that. When I'm feeling that way, I know, dude, get up, go do something, go help somebody, go talk to somebody, go just get out of your own head um, because it, it that causes so many issues. So I don't know yeah, if that directly relates to what you're saying, but I Right, I but I, I will just say to clarify, like there's a difference between occasional depression or seasonal depression or circumstantial depression and those folks that have actual physiological like chemical imbalances that cause depression and anxiety. And I, I think it's important that we separate those two, right? Because I think for the people, not think, I know for the people that have the chemical imbalances where it really is a physiological issue that they need medication in order to help counteract the the chemical imbalances. Whereas I think people like you and me um, that suffer from it occasionally, whether it's circumstantial or whatever, like that's more of a, um, a temporary situation versus a chronic situation. So I just wanted to make that quick distinction because I know, I mean, I know people personally that struggle with the physiological aspect of it and they need the medication because it is chronic and it is something that their body is doing to them. Um, and it's, I can't even imagine what that would be like to struggle with. Like I, I know how hard it is for me to feel lonely right now and how much that weighs on me. And it's circumstantial, right? It's, it's because of my circumstances. It's not because of something physiological that is chronic. And that's, that is a whole nother burden that I know, I know a little about because of people I know, but I have no experience with. So I can like sympathize, but not empathize. And it's, yeah, it's that, that would be incredibly hard. So for the people out there that are struggling with that, like stay strong. Um, I know a little bit of how hard it can be and um, hang in there. You bet. No, I don't mean to diminish that in, in any, any way. So that's why I said opinion, not uh, right. And I, yeah, I, I, not, I, I know facts, you know, just, so. just wanted to clarify. Cause I knew, I knew that's what, not what you were saying, but I didn't, I didn't, I was hoping that people would understand mm-hmm. that, but I figured clarity is always, always better. So that's, yeah, well, you, that's where I'm at. You ready to put a smile, smile on the podcast? Uh, always. There is a feature that uh, I thought we would start doing on the podcast. And I want to give a little background on this. Probably a month, month and a half ago, 
I was, uh, I, it seems so silly to call this an allowance, but my wife gives me a little bit of money out of our paychecks every couple of weeks. So that just money that I have control over, I let her do all the finances and, and I, that's part of her role in, in our marriage. And I, you know, I try to input where I, where input is needed, but it's something that has worked in our marriage for years and, you know, I don't mess with it, but smart man, the guy needs a little bit of money to spend, you know? <laughs> so, and so I, I'd been spending so much money on, uh, on remodeling my studio and putting money, so much money into like just improving that it, what's, uh, what's going on down here that I suddenly got the urge to, uh, spend something on me and just, just something nice that, that I could put in the studio that would put a smile on my face. And I went to my wife one day and I says, you know, I said, I think this week I'm just going to put, I'm just going to buy something that delights me. I, I want to, I want to find something that just kind of puts a smile on my face and makes me feel good. And so she's like, well, okay. So it took me two or three weeks to really find something that I could spend that 20 bucks on that, that put a smile on my face. And, and to this moment, I'm not even sure what that item was, <laughs> but I don't know if it was my Sith holocron that I bought, which is kind of cool. Um, but, uh, my wife brought this idea up. She's like, why don't you talk about what delights you? And so, you know, I know that there's other podcasts that do like their weekly picks or, you know, something like that. But I thought we could look at this as like, what's delighting you? And it's totally open ended. It's totally, you know, nothing that we have to um, like. It has to be a tech product or it has to be this or that. But but just like what's delighting you right now? So I'll pose that question to you since uh, this is our first uh, first opportunity to do this segment. And I do not have a specific thing in mind that I was going to talk about. So um, I'll give me a minute to kind of look around and figure out what I, what's delighting me right now. But, um, but go ahead, Cam. What's delighting you this week? So I'm going to start this off um, a bit abstract because I, I think by me sharing what I'm about to share, it will inform a lot of why I choose the things I choose if we continue to do this uh, in future episodes. So if you'll allow me to be a bit abstract here to kind of set the um, the groundwork for, I think, a lot of how I process things, um, it might make sense in the future as to why I choose the things that I choose. So the thing that delights me the most in life, period, is beauty. And that's, like I said, it's an abstract concept, right? Like that can apply in a lot of places, but that's, I think the reason that it works for me is, you know, beauty in nature, beauty in art, beauty in music, beauty in architecture, in, in, you know, something as small as a flower, something as big as a, you know, an ocean ecosystem. I mean, physical beauty, right? Like it, it is, it is everywhere. And for folks like you and me that are Christians, we have a basis for why beauty exists, why it is something that speaks to us, you know, in our souls. When we hear a moving piece of music, when we watch a beautiful film, when we see a beautiful sunset, when we see a beautiful painting, there's something in us that, that is moved. Uh, there's emotion around it. There's feeling around it. There's thoughts around it. Like it, it encapsulates our entirety, um, you know, as a human and, and as Christians, 
we believe in beauty because we believe that God created all things, especially us, right, in his image. And so because we are created in his image, we also have the ability to appreciate the creation on a different level because we have that creative, you know, part of us, that, that, that integral part of us that wants to create, that wants to make. And God gave us that ability, right, to create life, to create art, to create culture, to create economy, to create architecture, like and you look at the world, and not only is the physical world diverse in its beauty, but so is the made world. If you look at all the different cultures that we have made as humans, all the different architecture types, the cuisine types, the music types, the art types, it is it is incredibly diverse. And one of the things that I always tell my students in the youth group is God could have made everything beige and taste like cauliflower. And that would have been good enough. But he chose to make things incredibly diverse, incredibly beautiful, incredibly vibrant. I mean, you have everything from the Amazon rainforest to the Sahara desert to the, you know, the Arctic tundra and everything in between. You look at the ecosystems of the ocean, the ecosystems of the different climates, the ecosystems in the sky. You look at the fact that there are stars and planets in this universe that we'll never know exist, let alone see. And then all of the things that God has given us, the ability to create. And that just blows my mind in so many ways. And the appreciation of the beauty that I see in, in everyday life, is it just delights me. I love going and walking by the river and seeing the geese and the ducks and all the plants. And I love looking at the stars in the sky or watching a fire. Um, I love art. I love music. I love good writing. I love architecture. I love taking photos. I love making music. Um, and all of that stems to delighting in the beauty that is all around us. So I know that was long winded and a bit abstract, but that's kind of how I wanted to start my portion of this, what delights you segment, because I think beauty is inherently the undercurrent of everything in life, even when life sucks and tragedy strikes and awful things happen. Beauty doesn't disappear. And I think because of beauty and because of what God has created and how he has created us in his image, when tragedy does strike, it's even worse because it is in such juxtaposition to the beauty of life. And we see the tragedy in more depth and more reality because of how starkly different it is from the beauty that is being alive. Um, so yeah, beauty delights me, Mitch. I really wanted to end that by saying well, that was really beautiful. <laughs> you can, <laughs> it, it was, and it makes me feel really petty to, uh, to choose, uh, taking your queen in our chess game the other day, but no, uh, that, that, yeah. that can bring you to light too. But I just, <laughs> just well, to be fair, I was gonna, I was gonna say my my bass guitar brings me delight. But I wanted to, oh, yeah. I well, wanted can to start that for another time. Yeah, I wanted to start kind of broadly and set a framework for like how mm -hmm. I think and how I view things and what is important to me because I think that will again inform the decisions that I make going forward. And I wanted people to understand what the thread running through those things was and why I think the way that I think about that sort of stuff. Well, I could have went a bunch of different ways with mine. Um, 
I've been really enjoying having sports back. Um, oh, amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. Right. Um, although I think my, my, uh, um, I, I enjoy hockey and my Minnesota wild, I think just got knocked out of the playoffs last night. So that, that's not happy, but it's okay. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the red wings didn't even make the playoffs. So <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure one thing I do want to talk about, and this really gave me a lot of joy here. Uh, I, about a week and a half ago, I was working on my Python script for um, we we get uh, a, a bonus in a couple times a year at work, and it's based on our sales. And I won't go into a lot of nitty gritty about this because uh, because it's really it can be kind of complicated. But the equation that they work to to get this is not the most simple equation, but they do make it known to us as far as how it's figured. And I used to have a spreadsheet that I used. Um, I used to be in HR at the, the store that I work at. And I built all this stuff while I was while I was doing uh, HR and so that I could get the, the, the associates excited about this and all that kind of stuff. Cause it's all sales based, um, that we get mm-hmm. these bonuses. So I realized that, uh, that I could do way more as I'm learning, I'm learning scripting and I'm learning how to code. I re- realized I could do way more with, uh, with that than I could with the, uh, with the spreadsheet. Because, you know, we ran into an issue this year, and I, I don't want to get into any specifics, but our sales have been crazy this year with COVID and with the uh, with the uh, stay-at-home order there for a while and getting the stimulus packages. And just, like, we've seen more money come through our store than, than it's just insane. Um, so... I'm like, we got to get this figured out. And, and so there's all these little, little things. And like I said, I can't go into all the specifics, but all these little things that, uh, that weigh into this, um, particular number to come up with this number. So I've been banging my head on this. I've been trying to figure out how do I code this to, to make this make sense. There are a couple of different um, qualifiers that need to be figured in. And about a week and a half ago, I finished it. I finished the script and it works perfectly. Nice. I worked it out on all, I tested it in all kinds of different, different situations. And um, basically like if you're over a certain, certain percentage, you can't, you can't earn more towards the bonus. Um, so that was something I never had to deal with before. So the spreadsheet worked just fine and it totally fell apart because we were over that percentage this, this last half. And so trying to figure out how to make this all work, um, in, uh, in the spreadsheet was just not working for me. And matter of fact, I, I had the wrong number there for a while and it was quite a bit more than it should have been. And so now getting this script figured out, it, it accounts for that. There's if else statements in there that say, well, if this is true, then go ahead and, and run this, uh, calculation. If not run this calculation. And so I was able to build that all into this script. And when I finished it, I was like, dang, that was cool. Like I, I finished the script and it make, and it works. So it was, it was very, very gratifying with all the stuff that I've been learning with this stuff to be able to get that to work. And what 
what became evident at that point is, you know, if I want to, I can actually build an iOS app that does this. So that might be a next step as I'm as I'm further furthering myself along down this road is to build just this simple little uh, uh, iOS app. I don't know if I'll ever put it on the store, but just for myself to be able to plug in, you know, two numbers really was what it amounts to. These two numbers calculate out everything to be able to get to the uh, our bonus. So nice. So that delighted me in the last couple of weeks. So, yeah. Very, Very good. Cool. Mm-hmm. I started playing poker online too again, which was kind of fun. But you know, I thought I noticed that icon in your uh, screenshot you sent me earlier. Yeah, I've been enjoying that. All right. Well, uh, that about wraps it up for what I'm looking to to talk about here. Did you have anything you wanted to add today? Um, no. I I think we have safely arrived at the end of our journey today all right well if you'd like to uh check check out uh, all the podcasts um you can check us out at innerdialogue.show that's innerdialogue.show if you have questions comments anything that you would like to add uh, or let us know about uh, you can catch me on twitter at mitch craig i am at cam brennan so hit us up on Twitter. Let us know if you just want to tell Cam how sorry you feel that he has to deal with my jerkishness all the time. Uh, feel free to <laughs> let him know on uh, on Twitter. <laughs> I totally, my wife is not on Twitter all that much. So I would, it would be hilarious if she uh, messaged you and um, paid her respects. But uh, anyway. <laughs> and we've been, we've been playing on chess.com. Uh, Cam and I have been, so... If you would like to, um, if you'd like to play us, I'm going to throw this out for myself, but I'm assuming you'd be fine playing some of the listeners if they decide mm-hmm. they want to play us. I'm actually not expecting that anybody's going to like, hey, I heard you on the show. Uh, both listeners uh, probably aren't, don't play chess, but who knows? <laughs> but uh, we've been having fun and uh, I've been having fun at least. I don't know about you. I was having fun up until I gave you my queen because I thought I was going to checkmate you in a turn. I was so <laughs> mad, Mitch. I was so <laughs> mad. And the thing is, yeah. is like I saw the fork and I was like, oh, he's totally going to take that move because it's he's going to fork my king and queen. But that's the bait because then I'm going to move my queen and then you did it. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm in check. I'm such an idiot. <laughs> like I totally yeah. knew what you were going to do and it was exactly what I wanted you to do only because I forgot the rules of chess for a minute and realized that if my king is in check and a fork, I'm going to lose whatever I, other pieces being forked. I was, I thought I was being incredibly clever and I was like, I'm baiting him. He's going to do exactly what I want and just, oh my gosh, the backfire. I was so angry. I almost threw my phone across the room. That's how angry I was. <laughs> oh, I've done it before. I, I, I get it. Um, what was funny the, about the that is, is I think the game is not over though, Mitch. I'm fighting oh no, strong. It's not over yet. Yeah, I'm not. Sh- I'm not. I'm honestly sure how I'm going to finish this game, but uh, we'll we'll see. Ooh, oh, oh, oh! I think I just figured it out. Are you looking at it right now? Are you cheating on I'm the looking podcast at it right now. In our chess game? Yep, I think I just mated you. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Well, I have three days to look, so I'm going to make you wait. Oh, boy. Yep. I just I just mated you. So <laughs> I'll send a rematch. 
Yeah. Well, I have to go now. I didn't see that until just right now. So anyway. But I thought we were going to end the uh, show on a smile, Mitch. Come on, man. I want to go cry. <laughs> I'm smiling. <laughs> well, I, I'm not. So I'm mad. So here, here's here's what I was going to say about the about taking your queen is when when I moved into that fork, I think I was sitting in the break room at work and I did laugh maniacally <laughs> and everybody in the break room kind of looked at me. <laughs> It's just like, and and of course, none of them knew what I was doing. So I, then I had to be like, "Oh, I just uh, I just played a move, and now I'm going to be taking his queen." So I think I actually said, "Ha! Figure figure a way out of that one." <laughs> so yeah, sorry, it's, man. No, it's not your fault. I'm the one that forgot how chess works. So yeah, I would be less mad if I didn't see it. But the fact that I saw it yeah. and thought, "Ooh, I'm going to trap him," is just oh my gosh. Anyways, this then, is way too much for our listeners to care about, so <laughs> we should sign off. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you, sir, for uh, for another good show today. Oh, you are welcome. Thank and you for the conversation. You bet. It's been fun. So we'll see you guys all in a couple of weeks. Thanks for listening. Bye.